Should we jump into our first and um, hottest topic? It's actually a hottest topic at the moment and one of the hottest topics on the Apple subreddit uh, in the last week or two. Uh, the iOS 12 is now on 75% of compatible devices. Uh, and then if we just jump forward to today, uh, iOS 12.1.1 was released alongside macOS. Uh, oh, this is pushing me. I can never remember the macOS numbers. 10.14.2. <laughs> And I suppose, I haven't read, but the Apple TV update, Apple Watch update, HomePod updates, everything's come out. You know, it's, uh, it's incredible. Like, this has uh, hit the 75% mark faster than iOS 11. And I think it has to be because of all of the performance improvements that came with iOS 12. People were just fed up with their devices running slow or crashing. And iOS 12 seems to have fixed all of that. I'm looking at the graph right now, aggression here, and iOS 11 was at a, looks like less than a 20% adoption rate at this point. I don't know. I think it's a testament for uh, how much Apple improved iOS with this iteration. I think I would choose another reason for uh, why it's it's uh, been so quick. And I'm going to go with the bagel emoji, the frisbee emoji, and the taco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I bet. I bet that actually does drive a lot of of OS updates. If if someone sends you an emoji and like your phone can't recognize it because on the latest OS, they're like, oh, I got to upgrade my phone. <laughs> <laughs> If I did a quick survey of the non-technical people in my life and said, uh, oh, hey, did you hear that iOS 12 is a better performer? Uh, It's going to make your phone, even if it's a few years old, a little bit more bearable to use. I don't think any of them would um, come back in the positive. I don't think anyone would respond and say, oh, yeah, you know, I heard on the the morning news show or whatever about this. I think that would be... um, I'd be surprised if I heard that back from anyone. Yeah, I know that I personally have been evangelizing iOS 12 uh, more than I have in the past. Uh, to people like like my parents, my mom has uh, a second generation iPad mini and on iOS 11, she was getting pretty frustrated with how, how slow it was running. So as soon as iOS 12 came out, I had her upgrade. Um, and that's not something like I would push someone to do Usually I don't go, hey, there's new iOS update, you should really <laughs> upgrade. Uh, but in this case, I know that some of the less technical people in my life that have older devices, it made a, a really big deal to them. Yeah, previously I've definitely held off that um, take the initiative and install an iOS update for someone because it nearly always came back to bite you. I mean, I think <laughs> uh, I even thought at some point that iOS 11, like on a 6S, was going to be a decent update, but I mean... I don't think my sisters let me live that one down. <laughs> but when, now that it's come to iOS 12, yeah, I'm not afraid at all at just grabbing someone's device in the family. In the family, that is. I'm not going to grab like a friend's, even like even a close friend. I wouldn't update their device. <laughs> but someone in my direct family, I would, uh, yeah, take the initiative there and update to iOS 12 without too many reservations. Um, because it, that yeah. and, uh, oh, iOS 12 now, uh, I think by default, has the automatic updates overnight enabled. So we're only going to see this number get higher as as it just happens automatically for people. Um, do, do you know how the automatic update feature has changed between 11 and 12? Because I'm pretty sure there was something there before. I just can't remember. Was there? Maybe it just wasn't on by default in iOS 11 because I remember still having to do all my upgrades manually for the last year. Right. Or maybe or it was least- just that dialogue prompt box that was yeah 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 it would ask if you if you want to install now or overnight and i think now it won't even ask i think it just does it automatically right so which could be good or bad if they have another bricking update come out uh yeah <laughs> although that's more associated to the apple watch updates than iphone for a little while at least yeah i think the last time i had to worry about an update breaking my phone was i don't know what version it was i had my six plus and i got an over-the-air update and i couldn't connect to cell service after that update Oh, yeah, I remember that that debacle. 
So I think that was the last iOS update I had to worry about. I can count myself lucky. I've never had an iOS or a watchOS update destroy anything of mine, despite being on like every beta that there has been. Yeah, watchOS really scares me because if something <laughs> breaks, like, I take it all the way to the Apple store and probably get a new one unless they're I, mean, I don't know how quick is that is that process are they going to be able to do it in the store and fix it they have to send it off to get the the firmware wipe i haven't experienced it but from memory and just from what other people have written they send it to like the apple watch repair center which in australia i think there's one in sydney and then you get it back like half a week to a week later and yet i, I still do it every year because it's worth it for those those new features a couple months early oh yeah <laughs> it's sometimes worth it i'm not sure if beta one was <laughs> worth it this year I mean, at least it didn't it didn't break anything. It just didn't have any of the features. That's right. <laughs> Do you use the uh, walkie-talkie at all now? No, I'm I'm still Apple Watchless since the screen. Oh, of like, course, yeah. Mysteriously broke on my last Apple Watch, and then Apple uh, <laughs> demanded an exorbitant fee to have it replaced. I sold that watch, right? And I haven't picked up another one yet. How is the? Are you still rocking iPhone four right now? <laughs> I was going to talk about this after the show, but we can talk about it now. Okay. Um, yeah, so the iPhone 4 was a real hassle, but um, it kind of forced me... I've, yeah, I mentioned this. I wanted to try and go completely iPhoneless for the rest of the year. Um, as right. in, I'd have an iPhone, but I, like, I wouldn't carry it around with me. I wouldn't take it with me anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a few people in my life make comments that <laughs> suggested this was a terrible idea. <laughs> and I started getting um, devices donated to me. So I think on the second weekend that I was like completely free of uh phones i was given an ipad 2 with cellular to carry around uh so (laughs) (laughs) like at least have iMessage with you Um, oh man and that's actually a really good device if you run an ios 6 on it which is still signed by apple which is what i still have on it right now i still got the ipad 2 oh yeah i bet it does run pretty well still on such an old os if you can if you can get used to looking at a blurry screen yeah ios 9 which is the latest update for it is just uh, unbearable unusable um yeah but then shortly after that, um, I was donated an iPhone 6. So I um, Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. It, it was given to me because uh, the person using it had gone into Apple for the battery replacement, you know, the really cheap one, um, and they'd right. knocked him back on grounds of water damage in the phone. Um, so he'd actually just gone and bought a Galaxy instead, and this had been <laughs> doing nothing since then. Um, but uh, hmm. I'm not sure if you saw this tweet, but I took it to an Apple-authorized repairer instead, and... Uh, Basically, they said, uh, if there's water damage, do you want to go ahead and do it anyway? And I said, yeah, sure. So I yeah, have an iPhone 6 with a new battery in iOS 12, and it basically feels like a, a new iPhone to me. How's it? I mean, you're probably used to it by now, but going without 3D Touch, seeming as that's kind of the way we're going to be heading. I miss that a surprising amount. I've never been a fan of 3D Touch, but there are certain things that you just haven't been, that they haven't been converted to the long touch yet. Uh, the one that comes up all the time is on the notification screen. I was sure mm-hmm. that you could, like, uh, you know, you can 3D touch the notification and it gives you that quick actions. Right. That hasn't been brought into, like, a long press. You can't just hold your finger on it like like uh, you would in Control Center, which does work. You long press on the now playing bubble and you get, like, the airplay option. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's no long press brought to notifications on the notification screen. So that's a bit annoying. Stuck with so swiping. I think that is that is ported over, but only for the 10R. Right. So it's just basically a software thing. Yeah, there's no reason that it couldn't be on an older phone except trying to get people to upgrade. Exactly. Yeah, that, the whole um, 3D touch, non-3D touch, haptic touch, it's, it's a real mess when you start going back a few years and then trying to piece it all together. Yeah. Well, for my two cents, I really hope that they 
they don't get rid of it. Uh, it just seems, I don't know, very not like Apple to remove a feature that, that they've pioneered and is so, like, it differentiates them from the competition. One of the updates in 12.1.1 is notification preview using haptic touch on the 10R. So before today, I don't think that was a, a thing. I could have sworn that was one of the couple things that they uh, demonstrated that the 10R uh, release. Perhaps um, that is just a bug fix. So it was supposed to be there. It just wasn't. Yeah. So like, what was the haptic touch even good for then? Just in the control center? Oh, I haven't used a 10R. Did you get peak and pop <laughs> yeah. and those things as well? No, there's no peak and pop on the 10R. No, it couldn't have been because there was only one level. Right. So yeah, that's something I'd I'd miss too. Uh, I don't I don't use it very often, but. But when I do, it's it's super useful to have to go like in a layer in the app and then back and just quickly look at whatever I'm looking at, photo or text or whatever, and then continue on. I just tested notification previews on the iPhone 6 to see if they'd, <laughs> see if they'd brought it along uh, uh-huh. now that it was on the 10R. But no, you did not get any sort of quick actions unless you swipe. Well, yeah, I don't think they're going to be focusing on the iPhone 6 anymore. Don't they expect us to keep our devices for five years now? Isn't that what they said at the, <laughs> the WWDC keynote? It was it was something like that. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to um, the 12.1.1 update that was released today? Because there were a few other bits and pieces. Sure. They have brought back the best features of FaceTime, which is the one-tap flip for, <laughs> for front, and, front and back camera and yeah. live photo capture during FaceTime calls. Thank goodness. I mean, I'm not one that's ever really taken a photo during a FaceTime call, but the uh, the redesign itself is huge. Getting, I use FaceTime a lot uh, for my kids to talk to my parents because we live probably a couple hours apart and uh, they like to just call them a couple times a week and having to, to switch the camera back and forth as the kids are running around or want to show them something. Uh, quite a headache to obscure the entire entire camera view, switch the camera and then have to swipe the whole the whole control panel away again. I don't, I don't know how that could have got past some kind of, uh, at least in-house testing, if not the months of beta testers complaining about it. Yeah, someone someone liked that redesign and really stuck to their guns and just put their head <laughs> in the sand when it came to all the feedback, I think. I mean, that definitely sounds like Apple. <laughs> but thank goodness it's back. And I know a lot of people yeah. like taking those live photos during FaceTime calls. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of complaints when it went. I don't think, I don't think I've ever, ever tried that out. It feels a little, uh, I don't know. A little creepy to take a photo of someone when, <laughs> when, they're not, when they don't know. Is there any indication on the other end when you take a photo? I was just wondering that. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, so is there anything, anything else big in, in 12.1.1? Uh, dual SIM with eSIM for additional carriers. And oh, this is the biggest one of all. The option to hide the sidebar in news on the iPad when you're in landscape. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've ever worried about that. Although I don't think I've ever opened the news app on my iPad. Um, also, HomePod LEDs eliminate during group FaceTime calls. So that's a bug fix that came to the HomePod. Have you ever used your HomePod to make a call? Um, yeah, I actually use it quite a bit. I have one in my office. Uh, and if I need to call someone, I usually just say, you know, hey Siri, call so-and-so. So it's uh, worked out pretty well for me. Except it's kind of weird to hang up. You have to say, hey Siri, hang up in the middle of a call. And so the caller hears you say that. And <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but that feels, it feels weird. <laughs> can you just tap the top of it if it's within reach? Surely. Yeah, if it's within reach, you can do that. Yeah, usually I'm. I don't know. That's that's lazy to say I'm up and about and doing stuff and can't walk a few steps. But usually, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to walk over there. But you could always so. wait for the the other person at the other end to hang up instead. Yeah. <laughs> You're mad at someone. Hey Siri, hang up. <laughs> hey Siri, slam the phone. 
<laughs> I'm going to have to beep out all these Hey series as well. We've already blown up for this show. Normally we're not too bad at not saying it. <laughs> yeah, my home pod's going crazy. Uh, you're behind me. <laughs> Sorry, I can't find so-and-so in your address book. <laughs> and next hottest topic, if you're ready to move on, yeah, uh, is that a company called DriveSavers claims it has a way to break into locked iPhones with 100% success. So when I first saw this article, I was extremely skeptical um mm-hmm. but i did a little bit of research into who this company is and they're a very re- reputable data recovery company with some pretty yeah, high tech like, stuff yeah like the best uh, yeah. data recovery company <laughs> <laughs> yeah right had you heard of them before this article then uh just in in passing i've heard of them like if you have a broken hard drive like they're the people to send it to because they can like recover data from like a hard drive that ran over from a car or something and I was watching a video that uh, Linus put together on YouTube, uh, and they've done data recovery for a lot of big names, uh, including mm-hmm. like uh, recovering some pretty massive albums that had accidentally been deleted, and I think there were some scripts recovered for some pretty big movies. Oh, nice. Um, so their offer is 3900 uh, US dollars, um, proof of ownership of the device, and law and order, <laughs> law and order, law enforcement. <laughs> been watching too much uh, SVU. <laughs> <laughs> It's not available to law enforcement, is what I was trying to say, which is a little interesting. Yeah, I'm skeptical about that. Uh, We'll see how not available it is the first time someone shows up with a warrant or something. Yeah, I mean, with the history of this company and all of the steps Apple has taken to to lock out people from accessing the lightning port when a phone has been, you know, not used for a while, it, it really makes me think they're opening up these phones and somehow, like, tapping directly into the internal memory and cloning it that way. There was a lot of discussion in this thread, most of it, which is like four stories over my head, about <laughs> uh, analyzing the iPhones at like an electron level, like at uh, the ones and zeros, all the way down to that level. Oh, really? uh, but then other Redditors would come back and say, but uh, that's encrypted. So um, you, you firstly have to read the key at that level and then use that key to unencrypt it. But hey, you can't do that because uh, the key is thrown away every time the device is locked. Um, so what I'm, what we need really is for someone, maybe The Verge, since they wrote the article <laughs> that we're talking about, <laughs> uh, is to get an iPhone and send it to DriveSavers and pay the $3,900. It's not a whole lot of money for a big uh, media organization like them to, to determine if this is real or not. Oh, to see if if they're if they can actually do it. Yeah, be a a big a big claim if if they couldn't actually do it, trying to bolster the reputation. But the first person that finds out they're they're lying, that's like could ruin them. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make sense for a reputable company to make claims that uh, they can't back up with action. They need to uh, send in an iPhone and somehow leave it recording the whole time so you can see what they're doing. <laughs> do you think driver saves would notice that it's recording? <laughs> Yeah. Well, how about this? You could uh, uh, disconnect the screen so you can't tell that it's on or doing anything. Then say, it's got a broken screen. I need to get the the data off of it. (laughs) And it could be like live streaming to Facebook Live. (laughs) Genius. I think we could pull together 3900 to get this done. (laughs) To to, to live stream drive savers? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We could, we could, how about this? Um, Patreon.com forward slash the R Apple show. (laughs) If someone gives us $3,900, we'll do it. If we can get there, I'll send my iPhone 6. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is impressive. I'm sure Apple's going to try to combat it whatever way they can. Um, I'm hoping that at some point when Apple's patched whatever they're taking advantage of, uh, they come out and say, like, you know, this is how we did it. Because I'd be really interested to to see how they figured that out. Yeah, there's probably not a whole lot more to say until we 
see some evidence or someone posts that they got their iPhone unlocked and then it's going to be crazy town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it's the same as 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 uh, the cat and mouse game of Apple chasing the jailbreak community. Every patch they made, someone came up with something else to uh, to uh, jailbreak your phone. But accessing a phone's data feels like a, a much bigger issue to overcome than just someone being able to jailbreak, especially with Apple's stance on privacy. Yeah, I mean, I think the big news would be defeating some pretty complex encryption, like some industry standard level encryption, industry leading, I meant to say. And this raises its own question. I mean, uh, sometimes it feels like it goes without saying that there's a common expression that the government is like 10 years ahead of us in technology, usually. And then, you know, it slowly gets leaked out to us as it becomes whatever commonplace and discovered on its own. Uh, But I think stuff like this either proves the government isn't that far ahead of us in technology because they can't unlock phones on their own or the government is trying to be extremely secretive about it like oh we can't we can't unlock this please apple help us to make us think to make us think we're more secure with our iphones and like people are less worried about hiding their information that way exactly (laughs) yeah it's uh, it's the big question are there back doors in everything orchestrated by the government and there is a massive conspiracy (laughs) to pretend there's not uh how many layers to the conspiracy are there i'm definitely in the camp that uh there aren't, you know, the NSA, um, what's the Australian one? APEC, ASIC, I can't remember. That's terrible. I can remember the American security agency. I can't remember the Australian one. ASIO, there we go. Does ASIO? No, nah, they're completely incompetent. <laughs> Do they have backdoors? No, I would, uh, I'd tend to disbelieve that that sort of thing exists. Yeah, I'm, I agree. We need a, a Edward Snowden to let us know. Yeah. Julian Assange needs to put a post about it. There you go. <laughs> So in other big news, the Apple, uh, the Apple Music, Apple Music is coming to the Amazon Echo. I don't, uh, when this, when I first read this post, I had to read the article because I was sure that this could only have been a rumor and that there's no way it was actually happening. But it's uh, basically confirmed for starting the week of December 17, according to yeah. Eddie Q. I mean, yeah, Eddie Q. If it's uh, out <laughs> of his mouth, more or less happening, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't come as quite as big of a surprise to me just because we already have an apple music like android app as well so them trying to uh get apple music in as hands as many people as possible makes sense um i feel like it it hurts homepod sales at least a little bit because the fact the homepod was only smart speaker that could access apple music was one of its big selling points so with losing that to something like you can buy an echo dot for like 30 or 50 dollars i don't know how many people that'll sway uh but i know for me i've got a few uh, echo devices around the house that i'll be using apple music on yeah that's exactly the reaction i had like the reasons for buying a home pod of which there are few are now mm-hmm. even fewer i mean the the one big thing for me that's gonna keep me uh leaning towards home pods instead of echoes right now is is siri uh, just because all of my smart home accessories are configured through the home app and the echo not having siri means it's it's useless for me for turning on and off devices or unlocking doors or anything so for for that reason, I'll keep putting HomePods around the house if I needed more smart speakers. Uh, but it did make my old Echoes much more useful. You talk like you got like a million HomePods now. <laughs> what number are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have I have two HomePods and I have two uh, Amazon Echoes. Okay, I've got a HomePod in my office and a HomePod in the living room, which is like at the center of the house. So it's like pretty easy to shout from anywhere in the house if you need Siri to do something for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've got uh, a, a big standard Echo uh, in the basement on my bar that 
is unplugged because if I leave it plugged in, the kids constantly have it playing like uh, <laughs> Baby Shark or whatever the the new kids songs are. I've never um, heard of that. Oh, really? It's <laughs> it's, it's it's actually become a meme recently for how annoying it is. Uh, but that, and then I have I have an Echo Dot uh, in the master bathroom. So like when I'm taking a shower in the morning, I can ask what the weather is and get ready for my day that way. Because I don't want to put a three hundred fifty dollar HomePod somewhere so humid. No way. You have to keep it away from that steam. Yeah. So the Echo Dot is perfect for that. Uh, the Echo Dot, is that the one where you can tap and it automatically buys things for you? Um, or am no, I thinking I think of that's the something? Echo Spot. Oh, okay. they, have, they have so many Echo <laughs> devices. Now, the Echo Dot is like, it's just like a standard Echo, but like an eighth of the height. It's very small. Um, although all Echo devices can buy things if you configure with your Amazon account, say, uh, you know, whatever. More shampoo. This and, yeah. So, oh, I do have what you're talking about, though. Just the singular buttons that you can press to reorder. They're called the the dash buttons. Ah, okay. The dash. Yeah. Dash and the dot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you run a laundry detergent, just press a button. Amazon will ship you more. No one can blame me for not remembering all these names. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. Like, especially, like, if you look at their current lineup compared to the lineup a year or two ago, like, what was considered the Amazon Echo is now, like, the Echo Pro, and they have, like, a lower tier one that's called the Echo, and it's really weird. I'd like to see the, um, the Jeff Bezos quadrant of devices <laughs> it just has no Although, lines at all just like his charts <laughs> it's a uh, pretty pretty much on par with what apple's mac lineup looks like now though so i would i don't think apple could do the quadrants anymore no it's more of a maybe six actually i think it's laid out pretty well on the apple website if you just go to apple.com then their yeah. product uh their product lines that are important to them are what's in the menu bar along the top. Mac, iPad, iPhone, watch, TV, and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and just back to the article, music does mm-hmm. seem to exist as this little thing that crosses boundaries. Apple Music I'm talking about. Um, compared yeah. to everything else. It, uh, I mean, Apple Music on Android, coming to Echo. Uh, you can do it through the Sonos. I haven't tried that, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not in a little walled garden. And it, that does follow on from how the iTunes store came to Windows um, all those years ago, quite famously. Do you remember the announcement of that? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, when when uh, Steve Jobs unveiled uh, iTunes for Windows, he said it's like giving a glass of water to someone in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Was that during the announcement? Yeah, he said that on stage. <laughs> Coincidentally, the top comment on this Apple Music coming to Echo, uh, the top comment from BT1234 is, has hell been frozen over? <laughs> I think this might be a step in the direction of of Apple trying to split off and having their own like services. Because um, I know we're at some point in the future going to see this Apple streaming service that's coming out, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was made available on a multitude of devices as well. Uh, and maybe Apple Music is their way of like testing the waters of working with other <laughs> other companies for once. I wouldn't be surprised. If this was Apple's way to get non-Apple customers to test the Apple waters, um, say when iTunes came to Windows and then people, you know, were syncing their iPod with their Windows computer and then thought, um, you know, this is such a good experience, maybe I should buy a Mac. And then they got a Mac and then suddenly they're, you know, Apple's own story. Maybe it's the same with Apple Music on Android and on Echo and everywhere else that it's coming to. It's like the intro to Apple for people who <laughs> traditionally have bought somewhere else i wonder if apple music on its own is compelling enough to get people to do that so i know like itunes had the added benefit of now people who have windows computers can buy and use an ipod uh and i think the 
the like the seamless iPod iTunes experience was really good at selling Apple as a company. Uh, but I wonder if like just the Apple Music platform on its own will be enough when they're going to be pitted up against companies like Spotify. Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a well. Yeah, I love Apple Music. I use it every single day. Oh yeah, I was too. never. I think I was a Spotify customer for about three months and didn't yeah. really enjoy it. But that was mostly because I was already using. Um, the music app you know all my music was in the music app and spotify didn't integrate it with it so right it's hard for me to be objective about how good or bad spotify is but certainly has its fan base i was definitely uh, in a similar boat when spotify was popular and apple had no competition i was kind of an uh, like an old fogey about it like i've got my music i like my music i don't need unlimited access because i have my cds (laughs) that i've burned into my phone uh and then being kind of an apple fanboy it's like well apple says i need it i gotta try it and then uh Their their curated playlists have really what sold me. I don't I don't actively seek out songs on Apple Music very often, but I listen to their their playlists all the time. Yeah, that's traditionally my listening style. Is I listen to a playlist for you know, a few weeks, and then a particular song grow in me, and then I'll add that album to my library and listen to that for a few weeks. And when I'm bored of it, go back to a playlist. <laughs> that's uh, kind <laughs> of what I do round and round in circles, just uh, yeah, ad nauseum. Yeah, it's been great. Like especially at work, I love their like their chill mix or whatever it's called. Really good. Yeah, there's there's ta- there's two that are really good. There's my chill mix, and then there's today's chill. Both I find great for work. Oh, really? Two? I haven't I haven't been able to differentiate, or at yeah, least I haven't noticed. There's two different assortments of chill mixes. <laughs> so one <laughs> is customized to your taste based on what's okay. in your library, what you've hearted, and the other mm-hmm. one is more or less what's popular in the chill genre. <laughs> is that its own genre? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. We actually have a um, a Dab Plus radio station here in Perth called uh, really? Buddha Radio, which is kind of just chill music all day long. So. Huh, that's really cool. Most of the radio I listen to is like talk radio because I really don't like most of the songs on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of music, on a similar topic, the fourth post is from uh, the... Apple analyst we all know and love, Ming-Chi Kuo, mm-hmm. and his latest report that an all-new design AirPods in 2020 uh, is coming in first quarter of 2019. So I think this has been reported for at least the last two quarters that we're going to have some new AirPods. Mm-hmm. But there are a few interesting tidbits in the 9 to 5 article from Kuo. And the first one I found interesting is that the hinge will be redesigned to support appearance changes. That uh, That's a weird little tidbit. And the only thing that crosses my mind is that you may be able to swap or add uh, like noise isolating tips onto the AirPods, however they look. Um, say, for instance, you're you know, on a bus, a noisy bus or an aeroplane. Currently, the AirPods need to be at a quite high volume. But if you could add right. tips just to isolate um, from external noise that, well, you're going to have to have some sort of different case because there's no way you could just do that with the current case design. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is is weird to me. I think I think you said there's like a significant upgrade coming out in 2019, but I think is uh, the wireless charging options available in 2019 with all new design coming in 2020. Ah, sorry. I completely misread that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think possibly in 2019, we're going to finally see that just that wireless charging case. But yeah, no, some tips are something on the end of the AirPods. I'm sure a lot of people would enjoy that. I've I've never been able to enjoy those. I I don't think they fit comfortably in my ear at any size. Uh, oh, which AirPod ones do you mean? Is, the current the, AirPods? No, the, no, the AirPods are great. I mean, like the like the rubber tips you put at some in ear headphones have. Oh, like the ones the third parties offer for their AirPods. Right, right. Yeah, any kind any kind of in ear. Uh, like rubber tip, like we're supposed to make like kind of a, a a seal or some kind of suction to hold it in. It's never worked well for me. Okay, right. 
But yeah, I'd love to see uh, some some more designs to make AirPods accessible to more people. Because right now it's kind of uh, either it fits your ear or it doesn't. And I know there's a lot of people in the doesn't camp that there's just no way to use AirPods. Um, I've got one ear in one group and the other ear in the other group. I'm not sure what's wrong with oh, me, really? but my left ear <laughs> left AirPod is uh, uh-huh. an excellent fit. And my right, it's almost at the point of falling out if I'm running. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm annoyingly... Fine. Because of that, I get different audio levels. I mean, oh right, yeah. If you look, if you look at me, you're not going to say I'm asymmetrical, <laughs> but I definitely get <laughs> a uh, a less better fit on the right. And yeah, it's a bit annoying that uh, yeah, the left stereo it's always it's always veering to the left because of that fit. Right. Well, hopefully they'll have a a solution for you with this new design. Yeah, I hope so too. So, it also mentions that the the hinge is is redesigned not only for the appearance changes but also for the higher thermal requirements, which I I assume comes just as part of having wireless charging. Things tend to get a little warm when they charge. Ah, uh, okay. But I don't understand yeah, how a metal hinge is going to have a problem with that in the first place. Yeah, exactly. I don't see anything about the current AirPods case that couldn't get a little bit warm. Yeah. Although maybe they're redesigning the hinge to use less metal because it interferes with charging. I don't know. That's a weird guess. But yeah, I think I, that's I a have great no guess. <laughs> maybe we'll finally see uh, air power. Mm, yep. You know, they still have, big... what, a couple weeks to meet their deadline. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what if they did, like, just on, like, December 31st, like, just put air power on their website, like, See, we, we <laughs> told you. <laughs> With the release day of December 2019. <laughs> do you think that air power is like off the table at this point, or do you think there's still a chance of us seeing it next? Uh, that, that's the question, isn't it? I think it, oh, I think we're definitely going to get AirPods with a wireless charging case. And so mm-hmm. because they don't go on a normal Qi charger, that means we have to see air power as well. Oh, you don't think the AirPods are going to use regular Qi charging? I don't think most Qi chargers have a small enough loop to charge something the size of the AirPods, do they? Similar to how oh, like a yeah, regular Qi charger doesn't charge an Apple Watch. That's that's true. It's very possible. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought about it. I I guess the case isn't much bigger than the size of a of an Apple Watch. So that's right. Especially since it's kind of tapered around the edges, the actual contact point is very small. If they were to not release Air Power and release wireless charging AirPods with their own wireless charging puck, like the Apple Watch has, it defeats the purpose of wireless charging to me. Like, yeah, exactly. My Apple Watch Just... charges wirelessly, but it, it doesn't change a single thing for me because it has only one cable I can use it with. Yeah, I just want to see a unification of charging to some degree because yeah, AirPods plus Apple Watch plus, yeah. I mean, not that I have an Apple Watch at the moment, I can hardly complain. <laughs> <laughs> Although it may also be forcing their hand a bit um, if, first of all, they're trying to, to get maybe more water resistance, removing a port will make a big difference there. Um, and then also with the start, with iPad Pro starting it, they're slowly starting to phase out lightning as a connector. Uh, so they really have no option. They're not going to put USB-C on the AirPod, so we have to go wireless. Mm, yeah, I can think of situations where having no lightning port at all is going to be annoying. Like, uh, say, long-haul plane trips. Are you going to set up your little wireless charger somewhere and then sit your AirPods on it? It's not going to sit on there. It's going to be falling off with the turbulence in two seconds. Yeah, I guess you're going to have a... Uh, yeah, especially if, if uh, air power is your only option or whatever proprietary charger is your only option for charging them. I know I have I have like a 20,000 milliamp hour uh, battery that has wireless charging built in, so it would make it a little easier to charge like that on the go. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, still ridiculous i know like if i have to charge my phone usually what i do is i slide it in my pocket with my phone and it can charge at the same time but airpods would be a little harder uh so there's one more topic on the list today 
and it's a self-post by Black Briar Reserve who says, I'm just going to say it, I still have no idea how Siri shortcuts work. And then there's a post, uh, some comments that people have no idea that Siri shortcuts and shortcuts are two different things. Um, as the resident expert on shortcuts, do you want to explain the difference oh, between man. the two? <laughs> um, so shortcuts itself is an app uh, that Apple purchased a couple of years ago that lets you kind of program different tasks to be automated on a surface level using a really easy like drag and drop brick method instead of forcing you to like hand code things uh it does some pretty cool things like uh oh man the only thing i use it for is is uh running a a quick ssh uh, command and sshing into a local supercomputer to check the status of code running which is really cool and really powerful for something that siri can do uh, but there's a lot more simple things, like you can ask Siri to start a timer for you that when the timer expires, she posts to your Twitter feed. That's a really weird example. But, <laughs> but anyway, it has it has a lot of, of uh, custom, customization, and it's kind of dependent on the, the app creators to allow shortcuts to hook into their apps and, and, and do things automatically. Uh, Siri Shortcuts is a little more streamlined, and it's accessed by going into your uh, settings app and under the Siri tab, Siri itself kind of monitors the things you do regularly, uh, like check the weather or send a text to someone or get driving directions to a certain place. And and she will have like pre-created shortcuts uh, that you can enable that do those things. And you can just ask Siri to do them for you automatically. They're really, really similar. I'd say the only, the main difference is like Siri creates them for you in Siri shortcuts and in shortcuts, you have basically the ability to create them on your own. How's that? Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good job. <laughs> Now, I have to admit that I've only had a device capable of running shortcuts for uh, <laughs> a few weeks now. But mm. when I look at Siri shortcuts, so the one that's in the settings app, I cannot see the point of it because everything it suggests is just stuff you can ask Siri anyway. For instance, it just says like, um, you know, text blah, blah to a friend. Or yeah. I could just as easily just say that command. Why do I need to create a shortcut to it? Uh, I've got a, f- a few things that are exceptions to that um like i can it gives me the option to like enable or disable my vpn i'm just looking through the shortcuts right now uh, and is that something you can't do just by using siri no it's it's uh i'd have to turn on the shortcut to be able to turn on and off my vpn okay so there you go my problem is siri's suggestions are way way too specific it's like I recently texted LOL to my friend. It's like, do you want to create a shortcut that sends LOL to this person? It's like, no, that's not <laughs> what I want. All right, here is my top Siri shortcut suggestion. Send Teddy did to Anton. <laughs> Teddy did? Teddy did. Someone <laughs> asked me like, oh, you know, did blah, blah, do something? And I, I answered to him yesterday, oh, Teddy did. And now suddenly that's like <laughs> a top shortcut, shortcut hit. <laughs> There's yeah. one off for us. Uh, text which I would never send again because it was an answer to a very specific question. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think the Siri shortcuts themselves are very useful, except maybe for like helping you step into the waters of shortcuts itself. Because shortcuts is pretty complicated. Like even. I mean. I don't know. I consider myself pretty tech literate. I program computers for a living, and even sitting down looking at the shorts app, shortcuts app, I'm like, man, this is really confusing. <laughs> I think for the the average user, uh, basically their only option is going to be to to look through their curated list of pre-made shortcuts because to do anything advanced takes quite a few steps. Yeah, so that's when the Shortcuts app comes in. So the Shortcuts app is actually Workflow, which had a massive community around it. It's just been renamed and very slightly redesigned. Um, And actually all this 
the shortcuts I had in workflow were brought into the shortcuts app, basically, because it's the mm-hmm. same app. Um, yeah, and as you said, that's kind of the next level. That's where the the good stuff happens. <laughs> and yep. I had a, a, yeah quite a few things in there that are, are very useful. For instance, uh, grab a YouTube video and convert it to an MP3 and save it to iCloud Drive or convert a video to a GIF, uh, mm-hmm. resize screenshots. And, and you have the gallery in there as well, so you can grab other people's screenshots. Uh, sorry, grab other people's shortcuts, which is typically what I do because... <laughs> it's mostly above my head probably only two stories this time but it's definitely above <laughs> yeah uh, i have basically all the all the same same ones you do i've got one shortcut that plays the the air power sound effect that apple has on the phones <laughs> but doesn't use anywhere which is kind of cool to hear um i have a url shortener if i want to send a link to someone i always forget to use it so not very useful and i've got got one that i thought was cool i haven't really gotten a chance to use yet but you know if you take a screenshot on a like an iphone 10 uh it just has the solid white bar across the top where you'd usually have a notch um and this this shortcut puts a frame around your screenshot to make it look like it's on an iphone kind of like how the screenshots appear on the app store where it looks like it's running on a phone uh it's that's neat what's that called uh it is called 10s frames nice so yeah so it's it's kind of cool maybe for some kind of technical use i wanted to show off an app or something that i was working on but not something i've actually used yet and i also wanted to mention uh there's a comment from one of the redditors he's got a long username with lots of numbers i won't read it um but have you heard of <laughs> routinehub.co which seems to be an excellent collection of shortcuts um you know i'm not sure if i've heard of routine hub i know uh like i'm on the shortcuts subreddit and people link to websites with a list of shortcuts on them all the time but i've never paid attention to what website i'm going to. so it very well could have been that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah very very powerful very cool could really unlock the power of of Siri and make her a much more useful assistant. Uh, kind of a roundabout way to do it to make the users make her more useful instead of doing it yourself. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, the skeptic could say that the shortcuts is a complete cop out. But uh, no. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's some things excellent. like yeah, like being able to to SSH into a, another computer and basically do anything at that point because you can run any program from from your terminal. I mean, that's really powerful and something that I I'm sure Google Assistant couldn't do. Uh, speaking of Google Assistant, you can actually use Siri shortcuts to use Siri to get directions on Google Maps instead of Apple Maps. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a neat little shortcut. Do you still favor Google Maps over Apple Maps? Um, it depends where I am, but I do have both side by side on my home screen at the moment. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much in the same boat. Uh, I've over the years have pretty much entirely trusted Apple Maps at this point. Now, if I'm going somewhere. I'll ask my phone to take me there, and I will trust Apple Maps. But that one time out of 20 that my phone gets me lost, I still have Google Maps on there to quickly figure <laughs> out where I'm going. The distinction I make is if I have an exact address that I need, I want to go to, like street number, street suburb, I'll definitely use Apple mm-hmm. Maps and trust it. If I want to get to a business, there's no way I'm just typing a business name into Apple Maps. <laughs> uh, one example that comes to mind straight away uh Actually, I think I might have asked Siri, which is probably part of the problem. But I said, uh, get directions to Kmart, which is like a Target shopping type place. Um, and you sell Kmart's in Australia? Yeah. Did you have them over there? Uh, yeah, they're basically all out of business, though. Okay. <laughs> they're still, still running along here. Not too badly. Okay. But anyway, 20 minutes later, I ended at uh, Kmart Street, K-A-M-A-R-T Street. <laughs> <laughs> About 10 minutes down the freeway from where I should have been. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as far as business listings, Apple is really behind on that. It'd be really, really hard to uh, to catch up to the years of data collecting that Google's done to to get to the point they're at. Anything else you want to talk about? 
Uh, no, I think that's it. All right. I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter. And I'm Jellywoot on Reddit and Twitter. And we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Apple Show. 